Happy Friday, everyone. On today's show, we discuss Jake Ottinger's signing in Dallas, an extension for Tage Thompson, and a cap-clearing trade between the Ducks and the Wild. Then we get into the locked-on NHL team jersey rankings, as well as an update on women's worlds. All that and more on today's locked-on NHL. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Friday edition of Locked On NHL. I'm Rachel Donner from Locked On Flyers. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here, as always, every Friday with Gil Martin of Locked On Islanders. You can find him on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. Gil, how are we doing this pre-Labor Day weekend? Yeah, I can't believe it's September already. Uh, training camp's just a few weeks away now. I'm excited for the season. And I uh, can't believe Labor Day already. So the summer flew by in a blink. It really did. Thanks for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Plus, you can watch us over on YouTube. So subscribe over there as well. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, we had a few transactions take place this week. It feels like free agency and you know, summer activities never really ended uh, this year. That you know, it got a little quieter, but not too much. A, a big, big deal for the Dallas Stars with Jake Ettinger signing a three-year extension with the team. Uh, He really kind of took that team on his shoulders this past season. And, you know, he started out as maybe the third string goalie amongst many goaltenders in in Dallas uh, over the past couple of years. And uh, he really earned that top spot on the team. Uh, he was 30, 15 and one with a nine fourteen save percentage. Uh, but I think kind of what cemented it for him was that 64 save game seven performance, even though they lost to the flames in that series in the, in the playoffs, it really just kind of said, Oh yeah, this is his team now. Yeah, he stepped up and had a great game when they needed it most. Kept them in a game they really didn't have a lot of business being so close in. And they almost pulled off the upset. And, you know, when when you have a young goalie who proves that he's not intimidated by the big game setting on the road, game seven, playoff series, you know, that's, that's a great reason to lock him up and say, we, we can win with this guy. We can go far. And, you know, he was a restricted free agent. It's sort of a bridge deal, three years, 12 million. I think it's a win-win for both sides. Yeah, I I think so too. I think that's exactly where you want to be with your bridge deal for young goaltenders in terms of how much you want to spend. And, you know, while he did have a really solid season this past year, you don't really have a long-term record of his to draw on 
in order to, you know, demand any higher of a, of a salary for him. So yeah, I think we're spot on with him. Uh, one case where I'm not sure we're spot on yet, but maybe you can convince me otherwise that <laughs> Tage Thompson got extended in Buffalo and he actually still has one more year left on his current deal, which was a three-year contract at $1.4 million. And uh, so he did have a tremendous season this past year, but we don't, again, have a long-term record to draw on. This is just basing it on you know what you think he might do in, in projections, which, to be fair, he had an absolutely phenomenal season, 68 points. Uh, 38 goals, 30 assists, and uh, I, I think the the Sabers are making a huge bet on Thompson. They are, and you know, I guess a team like Buffalo, they're saying we want to build around this guy, and we don't want to lose him. 38 goals, not with you know a, a heck of a lot of uh, talented offensive players around him. He's only 24. He probably uh, you know could get even better. Uh, just entering his prime. You've now locked him up for his prime, and and I guess it's 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 a little bit of a gamble, but it's also a statement by the Buffalo Sabers organization that here is one of the centerpieces of of our program where we're trying to build around. And if you know to have lost him would have been devastating, I think, to the fans and to the organization. Yeah, I agree with you. And I just, where I worry is that they have a lot of young talent right now and other players coming up the pipeline. And so to commit that much money, 7.14 on the cap for seven years, you know, when you just had like a couple of really good drafts and, you know, some real potential there is like, have you locked up too much money for too long? And are you going to get stuck having to deal some of that talent in order to fit everybody that you want in? Right. I think that's a legitimate concern. I think the Sabres are kind of banking on the cap con continuing to go up. No more disruptions like we've seen the last few seasons. And yeah, they're taking a like like I said, a bit of a gamble, but uh you know, I, I guess part of it is also in defense of the Sabres, all that young talent, they're probably not all going to pan out. And then you pick the ones who pan out, keep them, let some of the other ones go. And you know, they they're kind of betting on themselves to a point. But yeah, like you said, there is risk involved. Uh I like Tate Thompson. It's just a question of, you know, one really good year. Is that worth the money they gave him? We're going to find out. Yeah. And I do think that the Sabres are going to take a step forward this season. I think that, um, and I feel like we say this every year, I feel like the Sabres and the Devils are in the similar position where we feel like on paper, they've taken at least a small step forward, but at the same time, you know, you're not sure because everything looks good on paper. Like with Tage Thompson, is he going to deliver is, is the big question. And, you know, I think that he very well may, he may have a little bumpy sophomore slump, but I think that, you know, the next couple of years are going to be really important for him to solidify his role 
on that team, like you said. So we shall see how that one pans out, but certainly thinking good thoughts for him and uh, Sabres fans, because I know a lot of them are very excited about him. Uh, One smaller deal I want to talk about is Dmitry Kulikov getting traded to the Ducks uh, from the wild. And it was one of those uh, cap clearing deals. So there was no return, but uh, the wild didn't have to pay to clear that cap space. The Ducks took Kulikov, which I thought was interesting uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I think teams have been expecting to get, you know, sweeteners in these deals in order to relieve teams like the Wilds, who frankly were in a little bit of a cap crunch and and needed to make the space. But uh, it's interesting that the Ducks were willing to take it on without even just one low draft pick as a sweetener. Yeah, it was a little bit of a surprise. And this future considerations guy is getting a lot of attention around the league. Yeah, I mean, it is a salary dump. It's not a big salary. See, the thing is, is what is it, $2.5 million, uh, maybe mm-hmm. even two two and a quarter million dollars a year. So we're not talking about a huge salary dump, and I think maybe that's why there was no sweetener in there. If this was a four, five, six million dollar contract, we'd see that little extra something included in the deal. But uh, look, you got a, a veteran defenseman who was a – plus 23 last year. Uh, He'll certainly give the Ducks, uh, you know, some steadiness on the blue line, some experience on a a young team, and the Wild get their cap relief. So, uh, and and then whatever future considerations may be. But overall, I, I guess this deal makes sense for both teams. But yeah, a sweetener is usually expected when you have a cap dump. Yeah, it's uh, strange times we live in where players get traded for nothing, but yeah. <laughs> um, or you have to pay to trade a player. But yeah, that's that's what happens in the cap era, and especially when we've had this flap cap. I'm very curious to see how this starts changing when the cap goes up uh, next year and beyond. But yeah, so we still are making deals in the end of August and beginning of September as we get a little further ahead toward training camps. Uh, one thing that we have been talking about semi-regularly for the last few weeks on the show is team uniforms and our thoughts on them and manufacturers and designs and all of that. And the entire Locked On NHL host crew put in their votes for their top and worst jerseys. So we're going to get to that next. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. You can find league reviews and news on every league, including Major League Baseball and everything you need to know leading up to the NFL season and the NBA season and, of course, the NHL. They even cover combat sports, esports, and golf, too. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to scores, podcasts, and more. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events. So head to the BetOnline website today or use your mobile device. You can learn all about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Gil. So over the last couple of days via the Locked On main Twitter account at Locked On Network, 
we learned that our NHL hosts, our, our fellow uh, people around Locked On NHL, we had all voted on our favorite jerseys around the league and ranked them. And we got some really interesting results here, Gil. Interesting I, is one, a good word. <laughs> yeah. So, so starting at the top, uh, the Calgary Flames were in the number one position, which I, why? I, I do not understand. <laughs> Explain this to me, please, Gil. Well, you're asking the wrong person. I, I mean, <laughs> the Flames jerseys to me are fine. They're nice enough. But would I, would I put them anywhere near number one? No. I mean, look, I like red and gold. It's a good color combination. Uh, I always like the fact that their alternate captains have the A that looks like the old Atlanta Flames logo, which is a nice little nod to the team's history. But I, I wouldn't put them in my top five, let alone at number one. No, I, I yeah, they're like kind of maybe a 10 to 15 range. Yeah. Like above average, but not outstanding. Yeah. And, uh, you know, especially because the design of it comes from when they were the Atlanta Flames. And that actually has some significance to Atlanta in a way that maybe it doesn't in Calgary. And so just changing the A to a C and then it's still the the bright red. I don't know. I, I, I don't get it. But what I do understand is the team in the number two slot, which is the Arizona Coyotes and you know, with the Kachina jerseys, of course, those are absolutely spectacular. Cannot argue. Uh, I might argue. Or can you? I, I, I can. I'm Look, I, again, I wouldn't put the Coyotes that high up. I, I think they're, they're certainly an improvement over the previous uniforms. But number two, I mean, wow, that's, uh, that, that's a little higher than I would put them. I, I might put them you know, somewhere between eight and 12, but not two. Uh, Interesting. But, you know, but you know what? The Coyotes should be near the top at something. Uh, so <laughs> okay. let's give them a little, I don't want to take away credit from a team that doesn't get enough credit for much of anything. So uh, All right. I, like I said, I like these jerseys certainly better than their previous ones, but I wouldn't put them in number two myself. Yeah. The team at number three is one of my favorites. So I'm not complaining about it being in the top five. That's the Detroit Red Wings. It's just classic. Absolutely totally. classic, clean. And, you know, I, as a general rule, like jerseys that go outside the red, white, blue color scheme. Um, but this is a rare exception to that rule for me because I just think it looks so sharp and it is obviously you know original six classic uh you cannot go wrong with the red wings uh new kids on the block seattle kraken were at number four i think that's the shiny new object factor here <laughs> yeah and a lot of teams when they were new i mean i remember the sharks were number one when they first came into the league yeah a lot of new teams get that recognition they certainly have a unique color scheme i i, I it's different i like it uh, it sort of reminds me, and I'm getting real obscure here maybe, the Penguins in the mid to late 70s for a couple of years had a similar color combination. It was like light blue and dark blue. And when I first mm -hmm. saw the Kraken, I was like, good Lord, the, that looks a lot like those old Penguin jerseys that I think they wore around 76 or 77. But uh, it is original. It's colorful. So I, I like it. 
Yeah, I, I do as well. The next couple of teams, I'm like, they're fine, but I would not maybe have put them as high. And that's the New York Rangers and Minnesota Wild. Like, I just don't understand how the Minnesota Wild get in the top 10. <laughs> but I mean, I suppose, you know, it's green. It's, so it's not red and blue. But Right. You got that um, different I color just, thing. Now, don't, don't forget Buffalo. Buffalo was five. Oh, right. So the, the, the Sabres, uh, and, and I'm assuming this is going back to their primary jerseys, which, mm-hmm. you know, date back to 1971, kind of classic. Uh, they're bringing back the, the red, black, and white Buffalo head as their alternate jerseys. So that, that'll be interesting. But I, I always liked Buffalo, but the colors, I don't know, they're not as flashy. They're kind of, the, that, that blue and gold is a little dull. It's nice. I wouldn't put it quite as high as five, but I like it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, rounding out the top 10 here are some interesting ones. Uh, the San Jose Sharks at number eight, which I love. Again, I teal outside the bound. Like when these jerseys were first announced when the Sharks entered the league. I I love them. Absolutely love them. Love that they went with the teal. And I think that they are absolutely top 10 in the league. I agree. I I would have them higher than eighth. But, uh, you know, I I love the Sharks as far as the colors go. It was different. It's unique. And it it has a nice contrast and it pops. You know, I like the jerseys. Always have. Yeah, me too. And then uh, the Boston Bruins at number nine. Um, Not a fan of the team, but absolutely a fan of these jerseys. Again, I just think there's something about that spoke that is just really a a solid design. and You can't go wrong with it. And black and gold is a really good color combination, much to my chagrin. But (laughs) it really is. It looks good. And uh, it always just, uh, again, you know, when the Bruins come out for warm-ups, love seeing those jerseys. And speaking of black and gold, 10th is held down by the Pittsburgh Penguins, who kind of copied the Bruins color scheme. Although, obviously, with the Pirates and the Steelers, they were changing from the blue and white uh, to the black and gold to stay with the other teams in that city. It made sense at the time, but boy, it did look a lot like the Bruins color scheme and, and, and set up hard to separate them. I like the fact that the Bruins are higher. They're the original, but it works. Yeah, I agree. And I think that um, again, it just looks sharp and I like the font they use on their jerseys as well. I think it looks really good. It's a little narrow, I think, but I, I really, really like it. So um, you got no argument from me there. I do think there are a couple of teams missing from this top 10 that at least one that I maybe wouldn't have picked myself, but I'm surprised is not there. And that's the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. Uh, two teams that I'm surprised aren't there, the Maple Leafs being one and the Canadiens, which is, again, two of the more classic uh, you know, eternal kind of jerseys. And mm-hmm. to see neither of them in the top 10 was a little bit of a surprise to me. Glad they're not in the bottom 10. That would have been kind of uh, <laughs> like an affront to the hockey gods. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's kind of surprised that neither one of those two classic jerseys made the top 10. 
Yeah, and just for me personally, I absolutely adore the St. Louis Blues jersey design. Uh, that is a top five jersey for me. I love that note. I just think it looks super cool. Um, I love it, especially when they have the brighter blue yes. in in the jerseys. But yeah, I absolutely love the St. Louis Blues jerseys. I like the Blues jerseys also. It, it is, uh, you know, a second 16 classic. And and the the note is such a great original way to to talk about the St. Louis Blues. So I, I, I always, always like those uniforms. All right. Well, you hinted at the top or bottom 10 jerseys, I should say, and we will get to those coming up next. But first, an important message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stoned? What's the worst that could happen? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's no big deal, right? Wrong. The truth is, your reaction times slow way down when you're high, and you not only put yourself in danger, but everyone around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high, get a DUI. All right, Gil, getting to the bottom 10 jerseys here. First off at 23 is your New York Islanders. Yeah, and uh, look, the, the Islanders jersey doesn't get a lot of love around the league. I always liked it. You got the, the, the Nassau County official color scheme there in the blue and the orange uh, matches, you know, the Mets and the Knicks in the New York metropolitan area. Uh, and, and the logo is kind of clever integrating the, uh, the map of Long Island with the hockey stick, but it, it just doesn't get a lot of love and, and maybe it is kind of old fashioned get dating back to its origins in 1972. I would put it higher than this, but here it is. So what could I tell you? <laughs> yeah, I think it, it just, for me. And this is my problem, honestly, with the Oilers, too, is I just don't like blue and orange. I think, mm -hmm. like, if you use orange, like, I prefer it with black. I wonder why. But Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I, uh, I just think that it's the color combo that makes me not want to buy it for me. And obviously, being from Philadelphia, I'd have no love loss for the Knicks or the Mets either. So, <laughs> um, that does not support the cause. All right. Another one that was a bit of a surprise to me in the number 24 spot is the Dallas Stars. Because, again, love the green, love the star. I love what they did when they moved from Minnesota to Dallas. Didn't love the move at the time. But I th Agreed. thought they did a really good job of, like, translating the brand when they did make the move. I, I agree. And I'm a, I like green as well. So, uh, to me, uh, I would put the Stars higher. But uh, and those third jerseys are certainly unique, the glow in the dark look, uh, the fluorescent uh, third jerseys. But uh, for whatever reason, green doesn't get a lot of love when it comes to uh, to sports jerseys these days. Um, to me, the, the, this jersey is too low. I agree with you. Yeah, uh, we've got the Devils at 25. That's fine for me. I just think it's kind of plain and they don't really do much interesting 
um, except for in third jerseys, which isn't part of this survey. So um, I'm fine with that there. I'm a little surprised the Vegas Golden Knights are at 26. I think a lot of people really love the jerseys with the shield and, you know, having sparkly gold on it as well. So that was a little surprise to me. Yeah. And, and you got to include those sparkly helmets too, that they sometimes wear. Those are certainly unique. Uh, but yeah, not a lot of love for the, for the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah. And at 27, we have the Florida Panthers again. I, I have no problem with this in, in the bottom. The Panthers have never had a good jersey, in my opinion. I've said that before on this show, and I will say it again. I am sure, unless they change it. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've made some modifications over the years, but it's more or less what it's been. And, yeah, I agree with you. It's, uh, you know, I might put it a couple of places higher, but I, I it would not be too much higher. All right. This is where I have the biggest problem because <laughs> what a shock. <laughs> I know Philadelphia Flyers at 28 that this is a travesty, a travesty. The Flyers, not only do they follow the no red and blue rule, right, but the logo is classic. The reason why they haven't changed the jersey very much over the years is because it's so nice and so loved that if people, you know, would people would riot if they changed it too much. Uh, the one year they did with that weird silvery dot in the middle, like that was just, no, that went away very quickly because you don't mess with perfection. Right. <laughs> so I think that uh, while I don't think it cracks the top five in the league overall, I think, you know, anywhere from like six to 12 is probably about right for the, for the flyers. Uh, it's way too low. This is a classic jersey. It's a second six team. It's 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 such an important part of the history of of the sport over the last uh, fifty five years, give or take. Uh, to me, it, it certainly is way too low on this list. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the, probably the most controversial ranking of this survey at 29 is the Chicago Blackhawks. And, you know, there are some people that say the Blackhawks jersey is the best in all of sports, not just in the NHL. And I really think that this ranking amongst our hosts has to do with the fact that, you know, there has been a movement over uh, the last number of years to try and get the Blackhawks to change their jersey and to not depict Native American imagery like this anymore. And, and that's really what's reflected here. It's that I think everybody understands that it is a classic jersey. It's original six. It's, you know, been around for a long time. Um, you know, it has multiple highlight colors, which is unique. And, you know, I think there's a lot to it, but I think it's really just the continued uh, situation with, you know, demands to maybe change it because of the Native American imagery. Yeah. I mean, if you judge it solely on the way it looks color wise and, and all of that, I would say it should be probably on the first list that we went over mm -hmm. rather than the second. But there is that controversy and it's reflected in the vote on this list. The bottom three are the Caps, Ducks, and Blue Jackets. I got no bones with that, honestly. None of them are extremely interesting. If the Ducks went back to the Mighty Ducks logo in the eggplant version, they would move way up the charts. But uh, as it currently stands, doesn't work for me. Yeah, no, not, not going to argue too much about the bottom three. It's... Uh... 
I, I mean, I like the Blue Jackets jerseys to a point. I like the white ones better than the than the blue ones, but not gonna you know not gonna argue with its placement. No, not at all. All right, let us know what you think about the jersey rankings and. Uh, we'll put a link to the tweets with the graphics showing those rankings in the show notes so that you can study it for yourself. Uh, wrapping up today's show, just a quick note on women's worlds. We have the semifinals starting on Saturday. We have USA, who won their quarterfinal over Hungary 12 to 1, versus Czechia, who upset Finland in dramatic fashion. That was a heck of a game. And then the second semifinal will be Canada, who won uh, their game against. Um, Sweden three to nothing and then uh, they'll be facing Switzerland so those are your two semi-final matchups this weekend uh, big point Hillary Knight had a goal and an assist in the quarterfinal match she is now the all-time record holder for points at women's world she passed Haley Wickenheiser uh, who is an absolute legend Hillary Knight uh, she's the GOAT herself too so future hall of famer there and uh, excited to see how this one turns out yeah congratulations to her on a great accomplishment and i'm looking forward to seeing what plays out and look usa canada in women's hockey such a great rivalry and i'm hoping that that's what we see in the final absolutely all right that will do it for today's show gil of course will be back monday with his show checking in on all the nhl teams with hosts from around the league we'll both be back next friday to recap the week that was you can find me on twitter at r miriam gills on twitter at ice wars nyr bsnyi you made us your first listen today now for your second listen check out the ultimate pro football preview 2022 an eight episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey NFL Insiders all came together into one ultimate NFL preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend, everybody.